Yes, so welcome to episode number 61 of The Space In Between. And today I'm going to be sharing what is in my empty room. (laughs) So before I share that, yeah, we have some things happening in Nomadland. Uh, This Sunday, January 26th from 4 to 7 p.m., I get to collaborate again with Erica Forsell for our special workshop, Move Into Breath. So I will be sharing my Movement 109 class and it will lead beautifully into her breath work. And if you haven't experienced this yet, uh, I recommend it. And we actually talk about this experience in one of our previous podcasts. You can go uh, listen to Erica and Samantha uh, and myself speak about this experience of move into breath. Uh, And then a couple of trainings are happening. We're actually in the middle of, we just kicked off our yoga teacher training, but we have two weekend trainings happening. Uh, Our tribe training. So this is a weekend training for active duty or yoga teachers who want to bring yoga to the military uh, community. And that is February 22nd and 23rd. And we still have a few spots available for that. And my Movement 109 facilitator training, that is also coming up next month, uh, February 15th and 16th. This is a um, level one training, so if you've experienced Movement 109 or curious about it and you're a yoga teacher or a healer and looking for new ways to uh, bring your yoga practice to your students in a different way, right, a new approach, or you're a healer and you want a new modality to um, help facilitate that yeah this is a this might be the training for you Um, we're going to dive into more of the floor work that I offer and the technique of that and the why of that you know where it came to where it came from and how to go about doing it and why we go about doing this and we'll also experience the second part of the class too but we we'll dive more into the second part of the class the dance portion of the class in our level two training that's going to be happening in April but this level one training it's a great way to uh, just get introduced to this this new um, movement class and also this week happening is our flash sale to Bali so Bali is pretty much sold out like I said last week but we opened up a couple more spots so that we have only two more spots available for the whole 10 days and we have a special happening and then we actually have more spots available for our seven day the first seven days of the the of the retreat, uh, March 1st through the 7th. Uh, We have a little bit more availability there with the property. So I opened up a few more spots and different pricing for that. So if you want to come to Bali with us and move and breathe and practice yoga and learn lots about the Balinese culture and life, uh, yeah, go ahead to Nomad Always at Home and sign up for for this and any of the any of the wonderful offerings we have at Nomadland. And we also have our online studio now too. So lots happening uh, online, uh, including our Movement 109 course too. That's happening. We're in the midst of it, and this is kind of the reason why I'm taking these these next few more weeks of the podcast to just speak with you instead of doing the interviews and getting people's stories, but 
kind of taking uh, the Movement 109 Who Are You Becoming course and going a little deeper for even those of you who aren't participating actively online with us, you can you can get a little taste of it. So uh, yeah, that's what we're doing here in Nomadland today. And I'm gonna talk to you about the empty room with power. So during during this course, I decided the second time around, I was um, working with these different oracle cards, the archetype cards by Chris uh, Kim rather Kranz, and um, they're really speaking to me. And I thought, ooh, I would like to use these archetypes for a movement 109 this time. So that's what I'm doing. So each week, what I'm doing is I'm pulling. A different card just you know randomly <laughs> um, sitting and meditating and and pulling the card and 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 then using that as our intention for the week right we have we're working through we have a very um, curated way that in the terms of the curriculum but I also wanted to throw this element of magic and of spirit you know coming in and and helping us guide us through it. So I really loved using I really love using these cards to to bring that spirit and magic to to the group and to um to this, you know, to let us dive a little deeper. So so yeah, so this week I pulled the empty room card, which is really interesting because we're moving up through uh, the chakras, the subtle body, and this week we're looking at um, the solar plexus, which is really about taking action. And so, when I read, I'll read you the the card in a moment. But it was really about sitting in the nothingness, really not doing much. And I thought, oh, this doesn't feel like I should be pulling this card. And so what I actually did was I gave it a day. I sat with it, and then I went and I did another reading. I sat and I meditated in the morning, and I pulled it pulled the freaking card again and I thought okay the empty room really wants us to sit and do nothing instead of taking action <laughs> so that's kind of what we're going to look at today is being in the empty room and so yeah let me read it to you so that you can kind of know where we're coming from so again this is from the archetypes the wild unknown archetypes by Kim Kranz the empty room the vortex, the abyss, the nothing. The empty room haunts us all. It is the universal and all too frequent feeling of lack, of wanting, of the craving to fill ourselves with something, anything. We too often attempt to remedy the discomfort of the empty room by any means necessary, leading us to a culture of more. Ironically, the empty room is filled to the brim with potential, yet we perceive it as not enough. This card is a cry for patience, for sitting within the barren walls of not knowing, for waiting true vision and purpose before attaching to what we should do next to save our outer appearance. Be with the nothingness, be with the impatience. The empty room has immense power let others wonder what you are doing. If you can settle into the magic of emptiness, you will soon hear its whisper of wisdom.
So yes, some words that kind of popped out at me when I was reading this, um, and I've read this many times and I read it to our group. We had a couple of calls today. Um, and you know, some things that were themes that they were sharing and, and when I was reading it again, some words that were coming out was this idea of not enough, right? Not having enough, not being enough. Um, this cry for patience, right? This other word of patience and, you know, this idea of attaching to what we should do next. Um, you know, the shoulds versus that I wants. And then also this idea of um, just simply being in the the nothingness, being with the impatience. And then the room has immense power. And here we are again, this word power, which we've been looking at um, the past couple of weeks here on the podcast. Right? We had Christine talking about her soft power. And then last week I shared a little bit about my take on that of looking at it of of playful action and how we can soften around this idea of the death grip when we want something so badly, right? Uh, And so here we are again with this idea of power. And um, I'll get to that in a little bit, this idea of power. But I want to kind of just look at the empty room first. And it's interesting that here we are pulling this card, the empty room for the group. But I feel that the year behind me, 2019, and even right up until now here in the middle of the month of January, 2020, I have been clearing out my room. (laughs) There's been a lot of clearing out my own room in a lot of ways, physically and metaphorically. Yeah, I've been taking out, you know, I, as you all know, I let go of my own physical home. So I emptied that all out. I put everything in storage and here I am kind of living out of a suitcase and grabbing things that I need when I need them uh, for my storage unit. But I've really been looking at like what is necessary, right? What um, not having, you know, the luxuries of all my stuff being with me at all times or going home to my stuff. Uh, So I do, my physical space is pretty barren. Uh, and then, you know, looking at romantic relationships, I've been technically single for a little while now. You know, I played with exploring a relationship with a friend, um, very briefly, but pretty much this is the longest stretch I've been single, um, in probably my whole life (laughs) because I was married for, you know, with somebody for 15 years. And I was definitely, once I started liking boys, I always had a boyfriend um, pretty much, you know, from seventh grade on, you know, maybe a couple of months here and there. But I always seemed to have a, you know, some sort of love interest and and relationship. And yeah, and even after my divorce, I, you know, had little periods of time, but I think the stretch of almost two years um, of being single has, yeah, been the longest period of my life. So that, in a sense, is an empty room. Yeah. And then I'm also sort of in this place of taking away um, my identif- my identity as a te- as a yoga teacher. Right. It's been my identity for and like a teacher. Well, I should say, yeah, I'll stick with yoga. Um, it's been my identity for the 10 past 15 years, I guess. I can't remember 
when I really formally started teaching because I taught Pilates before that. But even when I taught Pilates, it was very similar. You know, the structure of it was going to people's homes or going to studios and and teaching. And, you know, it's evolved a bit this past couple of years of with Nomad, of um, the yoga teacher trainings. You know, I've been doing that not as as intensely as I have been the past couple of years. So that shifted, but now I'm not really even teaching asana outside of, uh, outside of the yoga teacher trainings. And I've really been pulling back out of that old um, paradigm that I've been used to of the kind of the hustling of going to places and teaching. Um, things are more shifting online, you know, I'm doing online sessions, private sessions with clients. I'm doing these Movement 109 courses. I'm here talking to you and teaching in a way through the podcasts. Uh, I'm bringing my movement class, you know, in different ways, Movement 109 in different ways. Um, That will be kind of similar structure, but I am, I'm sort of changing and taking out a lot of what I what I know to be as a teacher, the, that structure of how I used to teach, I'm taking that out and kind of figuring out how to teach in a different way, how to get to people in a different way. So I've been pulling all of these things out of my room, and now I'm sort of envisioning, you know, what, if I start to add things back in, what is that going to look like? And actually, it's kind of funny. I'll start to tell you a little bit more of those, those like adding the things back in in a moment. But I was thinking um, when I was a little girl, I used to do this meditation. Uh, so when I couldn't sleep, I would lay on my back and I would imagine there was this big vacuum at the back of my head. And it was like pulling out all of the, the furniture in my room, <laughs> my, my brain, my thought room. <laughs> And pulling out all the furniture in my room so that I could clear it out all of it. All of the furniture were my thoughts. So I was clearing out all the furniture so that I could go to sleep. And I feel like in a way that that is what I'm sort of doing. I'm pulling out all of the furniture um, and then figuring out, you know, what I want to put back in there. And, you know, so I am, I'm here in this kind of space of starting with my home of, you know, I put everything in storage. I'm starting to, every time I go back to storage, I'm sort of like, I don't need that anymore. Let me donate that or let me put that in the trash or, oh, do I really need to unpack that? And, um, you know, and some things, yes, I do, but I'm kind of looking at like, oh, you know, what is necessary here? What is not necessary here? But I want to think about like, where do I want to put my stuff next? And I've been, you know, traveling a bit. Um, I have intentions to travel a little bit more. Next week I'm going to Spain because I've always felt called by Spain in various ways. And I I shared that a little bit in one of the um, recent podcasts. And I went to Santa Fe a couple weeks ago uh, to see if that was a place that I wanted to put my stuff. And yeah, I'm just being really open, but I'm also getting really impatient. <laughs> uh, so here comes the empty room calling to sit with the impatience. Yeah, it's been in May, it'll be a year that I've been on this road of being kind of homeless. And um, 
And I know that right now it's necessary, right? Because I'm kind of clearing away these things so that I have these opportunities like traveling. I wouldn't have normally been able to do that. To have other experiences like seeing how how other people live by cat sitting and living with friends for little periods of time. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm really opening my opening my eyes to other possibilities of how to live and where I want to live and and what that looks like and I wouldn't have been able to do all of that if I still had like the high you know the rent to pay I would still sort of have to rinse and repeat what I was doing so I had to kind of pull that away in order to see these other possibilities but uh, yes I am sort of getting impatient like I want to know where my home is going to be I want to put my stuff in it Um, but I know I have a little bit more time, you know, I have a little bit more time. I have, uh, the teacher training until April and I have a couple of little projects and my sister's wedding and, and May, but I, I'm like, I want to put my stuff somewhere after May (laughs) and I feel like it's so far away. I know it's not, it's not, but it is, um, it's right around the corner. So I've just got to continue to sit in that empty room and not put my stuff anywhere yet yeah and then in terms of the the male the romantic relationships it was really interesting and I might have shared this already but I'll share it again um I study with one of my teachers Elizabeth Andes Bell and she has what I call the fascia gym and she has all these really great uh great, I'm going to call them toys, (laughs) fascia toys to move around with. And so there's one that I've been really, I love so much. It's called the loop. And so you get in the loop and it's this big piece of fabric, like an infinity star scarf, but just like really big. And you get in and you just can move around in it. And I just love it so much because it feels like it's holding me. It's like just molds to me and it moves with me and just feel so much freedom but then also feeling uh, contained right because it's wrapped around me and I just have been loving it and and then she also has this other um this other tool called the Ico ball it's a tensegrity model and it's it's more structured right it's um you know there's lines and um Kind of like bungee cords attaching to these little plastic pipes and and you move around with it and again it's supposed to help you kind of look at the patterns that you have in your body and move with this tensegrity model right to find freedom in your own own body but it's something that i haven't really connected with and she always whenever i go to see elizabeth she's always encouraging me to work with with the ico ball And so one day, um, you know, she kind of leads me through a practice and the last 20 minutes, she gives it me um, a time to dive deep in on my own. And, you know, she puts music on and she she sometimes rolls around and does her own thing, too. But sometimes she just sits and observes. And this one day in particular, she watched me. She said, I'm going to sit and observe you. And she said, okay, there, you know, here are all of the tools, you know, the loop and the tensegrity bottle. There was like a physio ball and maybe there's something else. And she said, you just do what you need to do. And so I was like kind of moving around on my own. And then I found my way into the loop. And I was just thinking, oh, this just feels so beautiful and natural. And I was thinking, oh, this is like, as I was doing, I was like having this dance with it. And I was like, oh, this feels like 
the divine feminine. Like it's nurturing me. I'm moving with it. It's giving me this freedom, but there's a form and structure. Um, but it's just really letting me flow. I felt just very like natural and flowing and while being supported. And then I'm kind of rolling around on the ground and then all of a sudden my foot hits the echo ball. And I was like, oh crap, I have to move with this thing. <laughs> and then I start to kind of move with it and I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel like I don't know how to communicate with this thing. Like I just, coming from that other experience and just feeling so supported yet free, but then coming to this other experience of like touching this this thing, the Ico Ball is like, ugh, what is this? I don't know how to communicate with it. I don't know how to move with it. And then it hit me, I was like, oh my God, it's like me trying to communicate with men again. <laughs> And it just felt kind of clunky and weird and and awkward. And I thought, okay, I need to learn how to communicate with men again. And it was really quite interesting. And then I just, you know, I just didn't have expectations. I just kind of moved with it with my foot and my hand and I let it do something. I thought, okay, that's good. You know, I'm going to drop it there. And then the session ended and I shared with her, you know, this feeling of like being supported by um, the loop being like more of this idea of the feminine. And then here I am kind of reconnecting, trying to figure out how to communicate with the masculine again. Because a lot of my relationships recently have been, you know, female friendships. And that's something that I didn't always have. And I, I definitely have been working on that um, the past several years, specifically after, uh, yeah, probably like the past five years, I would say. Um, since I started Nomad and working really more intimately with women, I've been really being active on, um, yeah, I've just learning how to communicate and being a better friend with, with women. And, and then I guess, yeah, I'm just now entering this place, calling people in, men in specifically on how to communicate with them. So I have really been fortunate to have more men, uh, friends in my life and, um, learning, you know, how to communicate in different ways. And it's been really quite interesting. And so even though my empty room in terms of romantic relationships, right, it's pretty empty there. Uh, I am starting to fill up other relationships and learn in different ways so that when I do enter my next romantic relationship, I will understand, right, a new way of communicating, a new way of of moving myself through the relationships uh, because I don't want to rinse and repeat what I've done in the past. Yeah, I want to continue to move forward and, and do that with a place of um, lightness and joy and love. You know, I think after my marriage, it was like really kind of like head down, like I said last week, the death grip of like, oh, I have to fix this. I have to heal. And, you know, the relationships probably weren't that fun. <laughs> I apologize if any of my exes are listening. Um, yeah, it was really like feeling triggered by like, you know, past traumas and, and, you know, and it was all necessary. I don't, I don't necessarily apologize because it was necessary to go through that so that I could get to the spa space of, of lightness and joy, um, as I enter in a new romantic relationship, whenever that comes. 
and then what else? So we were looking at also in terms of how to, um, I'm looking at my old ways of teaching and, and kind of looking at this new way of, um, of making a choice to teach in a different way, right? Times are changing. We are we are learning in different ways. There's so much information out there. There's social media that is just like bombarding us with an online class. Like I I don't know about you, but I see it every two seconds. You know, when I go on there, I'm not on there every moment of my life, but every time I go on there, it's like there's some sort of online um, education, right? Even just posts are educational. So I feel that the way that I'm teaching needs to kind of align with that, you know? Um, so I'm looking at these different ways and I'm learning how to, to, again, communicate in different ways. And this is, you know, a platform for me to, uh, experiment and for you to possibly learn, um, in a different way too. So, yeah, even though these rooms sort of look empty in terms of, um, a home and romantic relationships and, and, how my career is, uh, there's a lot of fullness, right? As the card says, there is full, the room is still full of potential. And I feel that I see that in my life. Uh, so it's been quite interesting. You know, there are definitely moments that I feel like, oh my gosh, it's so empty. When can I fill it up again? But there are other times that I feel that it's so full. I'm so busy and really doing things that I love. Um, it's because I know that I'm doing those things to get to even even more beautiful things of full of joy and light and love. So, so yeah, that's sort of my little journey of my own empty room. And again, in this, as I read that card, that word that popped up for us um, in there, for me at least, it popped up to me, was this word power. So it keeps coming up. So I feel like Let's look at it again. <laughs> and today during one of the calls, one of um, Amy, who's a nomad teacher, she was sharing um, a little bit of her story that I'll refrain from just to keep her privacy. But uh, it reminded me of something that I was I was kind of looking at for myself was this a um, uh, couple months ago. I pulled in the nomad uh, nomad dinner. This was kind of the big night for me. I was going to propose to everybody that I was stepping away in, in a way. Um, you know, I was emptying my space so that they could fill in and really step into becoming more of the voice of nomad through the online studio. But before we before I got to propose that to them, uh, we sat in, in a circle and we did a little meditation and we each pulled one of the archetype cards and we just got to sit and reflect. It was a fun little exercise that we did together um, just to, you know, kind of create that sense of community again because we had all been apart uh, for a bit of time and some of them hadn't met each other. So it was a nice icebreaker. So in that circle, when I when we pulled the card, I pulled the king card. And when I pulled the king card, my first instinct was, ugh, no, why would I pull the king card? <laughs> and, you know, we read it and it was, you know, um, should I read it to you? I don't necessarily think I need to read it, the whole thing to you, but they, it kind of boils down to, um, you know, how the king takes the throne with grace and humility, knowing the divine uses them as a channel to heal deep and long-standing discrepancies in the kingdom. 
And so, you know, the nomad teachers, they kind of sat there and were just saying, you are the king, you know, you need to step into this, you know, with humility and grace, and you are in charge of this whole thing of nomad. And, you know, after they said that, I was like, okay, you're right. You know, here I am. I want to take a step back so that they could step in. But I have to sit in this idea of power, right? I have this power of something that I created here, nomad for five years, and I am going to pass it on to them. But I still have this um, this kingdom, right, that I'm, I'm looking at. And it is my responsibility to them and to all of Nomad to continue to um, be of service, right? To make sure that we are doing things with integrity. And, and to do that, I have to be that's, that I have to understand the power that I have and embrace it, right? Embrace that. Um, so I have been looking at this for the past few months since then. And again, that just this past few weeks, it's been really being shoved in my face, <laughs> this idea of power. And so I decided, you know, to look at a power, um, in a couple of different ways. Uh, how, where should I go first? I think I'll talk a little bit first of, um, um, so one of the, one of the participants in Movement 109, she was having a conversation with me through Messenger earlier um, last week, and she was talking about how she was having the struggle um, of two voices in her head and she, negative thoughts and positive thoughts or, or neutral thoughts, and she was really having a challenge with that. And so I reminded her of uh, that Native American um uh, fable, I guess it's the, I'm not sure if that's the right word to use here, but, um, the story of the, the two wolves and how there's a grandfather who's telling his grandson that there are two li- wolves that, that live within him, right? The good wolf and the bad wolf. And, um, and then the grandson says, who, who is winning that battle? And he says, the one that I feed, right? And so I reminded her of that. But then when I came back today and I was looking at this word power and I was looking at um, Anadea Judith's book, Eastern Body, Western Mind, and she has a little section on power. And she um, she states how power is um, the only reason for power, the only reason exists, right, is for transformation and how we need to let go of this idea of structure, of struggle rather, um, the struggle of duality, right, having to choose one or the other. Um, but instead, it's like kind of taking what we're talking about, the empty room of taking everything away and then choosing to put what you want back in rather than sitting in the room and saying that stays, that goes, that's good, that's bad this is right, this is wrong, right? Instead of choosing there and there's this power struggle, right? Um, Instead of just pull everything out, clear the space and then choose, have the power to choose what you want to add back in, right? For that space of transformation. That's how I interpret it. And I wanna read a little bit to you today on um, what she says about power. Yeah. So she said, the power is the ability to make change and exists for only one reason, transformation. When the old has outgrown its purpose, it is time to transform into something new. Power is not a thing, but a way. It is a process of becoming real. We have power when we are dare, when we dare to live authentically, 
when we reach inside ourselves and tell the naked truth. The more we dare to take risks, to question, to be true to ourselves, the easier it becomes. Power comes when we are willing to make mistakes and be responsible for them, to learn from them and correct them. Power is the expression of the sacred in its evolutionary unfolding. Power is the awesome presence of the divine. Power is the mystery, the unknown, the confrontation with the other. Power is the transition from the past to the future. Power is the ability to determine our own destiny. Only with power can we move aside the obstacles that keep us imprisoned, enslaved, and unconscious. Power begins with what is. So there's a lot there for us to ponder about power. But I really what lo- I loved here this sentence power is the expression of the sacred in its evolutionary unfolding. Power is the awesome presence of the divine. That feels a lot different than having power over something or someone, right? Having this power struggle, but it is it's this idea of power is moving through us, right? The divine is moving through us or with us even, right? Power with rather than power over. Or the divine even having power over us, right? We are having power within us, moving through us. Um, that's not, That was a little bit easier for me to sit with um, rather than this power to choose between one or the other, right? That idea of duality. So I'm curious to know how how you hold power. How do you see power outside of yourself? How do you hold power within yourself, right? How do you see yourself as powerful? Do you have those two wolves within you? How do they speak to you? And that kind of brings me to my last thought here. Um, I shared, you know, in honor of Martin Luther King Day um, that we are observing today as I, as I record this. Uh, he has a quote that power at its best, as best as it is, is love. Let me say that again. <laughs> power at its best is love. So we can move with this, maybe it's soft power, right? With the softness of love, right? We can move fiercely also with love too, right? It can have lots of, love can have lots of different shades as well. Um, But I do invite you all to kind of sit in your empty room this, this week and just see what is it that you um, are still holding on to or or trying to fill up? What are those things that you feel is not enough? Um, 
I have to do this, right? Going back to that idea of the death grip that we talked about last week. Are there still places you're saying is not enough? I have to fill this cup. I should be doing that. I should be doing that. Um, Can you pause and really be in the space of emptiness, of nothingness? And then make the choice to bring it back into your into your life right those things that bring you love those things that bring you sparks of joy those things that light you up those relationships that bring you joy and love and light right um i think if we start to even just look at that duality of having to choose between this or that right we can let go of that power struggle right that's it within ourselves so those are just some thoughts for today uh i'm gonna sit with it a little bit more and probably next week i'll have a whole other take on power we shall see uh but yeah i am actually yeah next week you will hear from me again and and the following week, I'll be going to Spain. <laughs> Again, I will be exploring what that whole life is there for a few for a little while. Um, but yeah, so you'll hear from me one more time before I go there. Uh, but it has been a joy sharing this with you. And, and yeah, sit in that empty room. See what shows up for you.